Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Thiessen. With me today, Louis D'Souza and Amy Blackford. This is your Daily Dose of Happy. We are so happy you decided to join us today. And we're so excited and happy to be starting another week here on LOA Today. And it's it's a week that is getting off to a good start, at least here in Connecticut. Uh, how's it going in Atlanta, Amy? Are things going well this yeah, week? Yeah, things are going really, really well. And we how about over? Oh, go ahead. We just had a wonderful weekend and spent time together as a family. Um, my my kid's uh, boyfriend is here from Reno, and so oh, we're nice. really enjoying that visit as well. And, and Louis is just absolutely relaxing in London, in a section of London I've never seen before. So this is very cool, Louis, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's going to keep pool over the Thames. And not <laughs> That's right, yes. <laughs> so we're all very relaxed and ready to take on warrior rule number six. And we're going to do it a little bit differently this time because... Amy's going to take her post and read it to us as a way to get yes. the started. So go I really for it, Amy. That's a great way to kick these off. Okay. Yeah. So warrior rule number six, silence your complaints. They are your burdens and should be carried alone. Complaining is something we all do. It's your mind monster nitpicking every detail in our lives to reinforce that we are victims to circumstance. And the world is simply an unfair place, doling out challenges that illustrate the injustice of it all. When we find ourselves complaining, the first step is to acknowledge you have a right to do so. You are observing something outside of you that isn't in alignment. Where most of us go wrong is we fail to take the next step in evaluating what we've done, said, believed, to cause the thing we're complaining about. We blame external circumstances for our unhappiness, and through doing this, give all of our power over to those things we can't control. The more we complain, the more addicted to it we become and the more hooked we are determines the level at which we will infiltrate others' lives with our complaints. We do this to gain sympathy, compassion, and establish some sense of control in what feels like a chaotic system, which seems to have it out for us. We ask those listening to give us something that we are not giving ourselves. It is unfair to ask others to carry your burdens. We each have our own. So when we ask others to tote our baggage, not only do we not gain the strength to carry our own, there's no motivation to learn how to lighten our load. There is a huge difference between complaining and speaking about a life circumstance you need help with. The difference is simple to differentiate. If you go to someone with a true challenge, you will first not ask them to solve it for you. You listen to whatever insight they may give and then use it to resolve the issue. If you are a chronic complainer who is simply looking to feel justified and feeling bad, you will ask for guidance and then disregard it. You aren't really looking for solutions. You simply want a soundboard for your problems because in that moment, it provides temporary relief. Inherently, complaining does not make us bad people. We are simply operating unconsciously and without realizing it, asking others to take on work that isn't their own. How do you shift from toxic complaining to healthy discussion of life challenges? It begins with filtering what you feel compelled to share. And when you decide to share, you make sure you've gotten a healthy enough perspective that you can discuss it without burdening another. Complaining is simply a red flag to us that our own perspective needs readjustment. The more aware of it you become, the more you can pick and choose your battles within yourself. Once you do that, you can then transform complaining to others into connection and collaboration to help your own evolution. 
Become conscious of your words and how you use them throughout your day. And I promise you the impact it will have on your inner dialogue and those you have externally will be life changing. All right, then. I have one question for you. Yes. My microphone tries to rise up into the ethers. Uh, <laughs> my question is, why not lay down our, our complaints? Why not just say, you know, I'm not going to burden myself anymore. I'm just going to let go of them. This is for people that haven't learned how to do that. No. Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> These are my insights that I've come to, and I still find myself complaining. I'm in chronic pain, and that is something – it's so hard to ignore it. When I find myself starting to overly complain, I catch it and I reel it in, you know, because it's, it's just one of those things that, that is my challenge and I don't want to burden others with that. And then there's times that, um, I've gotten a good perspective on it. And even though I might be in pain, I still am able to kind of get around it by choosing a different perspective. And then that's when I will have a conversation about it. So there's a big difference there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, certainly we don't want to be uh, dumping our stuff on other people, which I think is what exactly. you're making the point of. And uh, I think it's a great piece of advice because I'm having, I had a former friendship that got destroyed because the other person insisted on dumping on me. I said, Hey, I'm not your dumping ground. You're out of here. Yes. Uh, it wasn't quite that short of a conversation. I wish it had been, but no, it was actually a little bit longer than that. It went on a few years, actually, uh, but uh, eventually got there. So I agree with you. You definitely. Yeah, it's very toxic to your that. connections with yeah. people. And unless you're really aware that you're doing it and that you have any control over it, it's just kind of this thing that keeps going on and on. Now, of course, that's the real skill is yeah. gaining control and gaining yes. control to the point where you can just say, okay, I'm done with this one. Let's put it aside. Yes. Leave it behind. I'm not, not going to go there anymore. Yes. And absolutely. Right. It's hard when you're dealing with chronic pain. Certainly that it, is. This is one I'm telling you when I do conquer this because I know I'm going to, it's going to be so liberating because it has taught me so many things. Mm -hmm. And I think this is like just a refining process for me, showing me that I can heal my body, that what I can master some of these principles. This to me is a very high level challenge because it is very hard for me to ignore it. Mm -hmm. So instead of ignoring it, I'm having to learn how to get a different perspective on it first before I'm going to be able to transform it or let it go. And that's always a good thing, particularly yeah. if it's something that's haunting you. Yeah, no yes. doubt about it. I mean, you do <laughs> exactly. want to go on to step to the next step at some point, but you're right. You you have to get past that part, otherwise, yes, you get very far. Yeah. I mean, I still judge myself that this is a you know, it's definitely over the years gotten less and less. But I complain to myself about myself. So really, <laughs> I'm thinking that's the last level that ends up happening is when you have learned to really reel that in you're not going to be doing it externally at all anymore yeah i'd say that that has a lot of truth to it because we are especially those of us who are hard on others we're hardest on ourselves oh absolutely and that's why we are hard on other people that's why when you find yourself judging others that is it's because you are that is definitely a red flag that you're consistently judging yourself now what i can tell you from my own experience dealing with physical pain and letting go of that doesn't necessarily um, feel the same way as, say, emotional or mental pain would feel. But physical pain, certainly chronic physical pain is debilitating at, yes. at least. And, and it can be even worse than that. Uh, but I do know that 
you can overcome it because I want I yeah. overcome it. I, was, I did it, you know, and I did it with. Well, I did. I've told the story a few times, but uh, I did it with my knees. My my knees were yes, injured, which has given me a lot of hope. Good. And just good, some, good. the things that Louis has said on here, and just uh, in my own meditations, I know. I just have to. It's one of those things where I'm getting closer, and I can feel that. So I'm just I'm happy with that. And so when I do have those down days mm-hmm. or I'm not feeling as well, I have more hope than I've ever had. And so that is allowing me to kind of transition. And I'm noticing the higher perspective I have on it is the better I feel. So you like know that works. <laughs> you're like the cork on the water. You're bobbing up more often. You're, yeah. you're, not, you're not staying below the surface all this time. Exactly. Yeah. So that's definitely improvement. No doubt about that. Yeah. Of course, the next step at that point is actually deciding that in your mind you feel pain less, you feel good. Yes. Which is that that's the hard part. That's yes. the biggest that's the biggest <laughs> challenge right there. And it, it takes some doing. <laughs> it's like, well, you know, the Abraham Hicks spectrum. You can't move from depression to overzealous joy. You've got to work your way up the ladder. One step at a time. Yeah. yeah so I, I feel like that's kind of what I'm going through right now. I found for myself when I was going through my little steps there, it was take a step as strongly as I could for 10 minutes and then go sleep it off because <laughs> that was all I could do, you know. Yeah. But, but then the next day I could do it for 20 minutes and then 30 minutes and 40 minutes and so on and so forth. I mean, not necessarily those exact increments, but, you know, you get the idea. Yes. Yeah. And you take those individual steps like that. And it's interesting. You, you kind of reach a point where, how do you describe it? It's almost like you take a, a, a quantum leap at some point. Not that you intended to. It's just, oh, wait a minute. What happened? That well, right. Just, because you've been shift. taking those little steps. Right. Exactly. All of a sudden, it's like, wow. You know, like yeah. I did. I told you transforming that one job that I had where I proved to myself whether it's parallel realities, but I had the the ability to shape my experience. And the job went from the hardest job I've ever had to it had gotten so easy. I knew the job was almost over. And six months later is when I ended up working full time for um, my husband and staying home with our kid to homeschool him. Mm-hmm. And it just happened just like that. It's like I could sense, okay, my work here is done. That's the whole reason <laughs> I, I ended up here was to show myself that I could transform from one reality to the next just by changing my perspective. And the way Louis was nodding his head up and down, I get the impression that one kind of rung a bell. Like that sounded a little bit familiar the way she said that. Yeah, when when you're doing something and it becomes too familiar, you you tend to want to expand. And when you expand, your job or whatever vanishes, and you find something else. Yeah, it's you reach that limit. Louis, I need to interrupt for a second. Your your mic volume needs to come up. It's it's, it's kind of low right now. Turn it up, turn it up. Turn it, turn it up. We heard the volume go up before we even heard you talk. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what's wrong with my mic. I really don't because I rebuilt my machine and it was fine. Now suddenly it's exactly the same setting it was last week and it's not fine. So. I can hear you good now. You're, you're yeah, but I mean, I, I bumped it up to max. So if next week it happens the same thing again, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting more silent as you can see. You just have to have, have that talk with their sound. Listen card. more. That's why you got two ears in one mouth, you know. 
Um, yeah, but I was I was saying that uh, when you're in a job and it starts getting boring and all the rest of it, uh, you start finding a new reality that you get more interested in, and, and that old job vanishes, and the new reality starts manifesting, and you move yes. to that. And it's a very natural progression, and it's clear once you understand LOA how the mechanics of it works and what's going to happen. Like I'll never forget every time I was. I got too closer to the end of my contract and I really wanted a new phone, new phone. My old one would die or break or something. And I was so annoying. I mean, if it just waited a little bit longer, I would have had a perfect extra spare phone, but now it's a dead phone. <laughs> it really annoyed me. And then after a while, I started realizing this is an LOA thing. I was thinking about how crappy my old phone was and I was focusing so much on it. The old phone said, okay, I'm crappy. I'm going to die <laughs> from that crap. <laughs> Your wish is my command. <laughs> exactly. So, um, and ever since I understood LOA, I uh, put the pieces together and it's never happened to me again. All my, ha my, my phones get passed down into my family because I always buy the absolute best. Yes. And my wife gets the second <laughs> best a year later and my daughter gets the next best as it goes down. The my husband does the, the same thing and we're all very happy with this situation. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> these phones really are, are they're so advanced. Phone. I get one and I'm like, I don't even use half the features. I'm like, yeah. there is so much going on there. I learned the basics. <laughs> it has proved that, you know, in these old, old flip phones, those really old ones before smartphones came out that um, people only used 10% um, of them. Wow. So you can imagine with a smartphone, what percentage you <laughs> 0.3. <laughs> when I tell people I've got over 400 apps on my on my phone and I tend to use a heck of a lot of my phone, people will go, what, 400, what are you doing with that? <laughs> I think my phone would flip out if I used that many apps. I mean, it wouldn't know what to do with itself. <laughs> Yeah, the first time yeah. I used uh, the, the smartphone, I said, okay, well, I can dial a phone number. Okay, I'm good. I mean, that was it. That's all the interest that I had. You know, <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't part of the younger generation that wanted to use the phone for everything, but uh, that's another story. <laughs> but getting back to what you were talking about, Amy, the, this whole thing about, um, basically what you're talking about is criticizing yourself. I yes. mean, you, you were doing so in the context, like you said, of experiencing chronic pain. And that's, that's yeah. a very, you know, that, that's like, you know, to the nth degree, that that's really hard level dealing yeah. with your own self-criticism. But ultimately, you're dealing with self-criticism. Yes. And that self-criticism is debilitating. It is going to hold us back. And it becomes so habitual that, and I was thinking about this a lot recently, these things can become so habitual, they feel like that's the way life is. Exactly. You know? You like, become trapped in that just never-ending loop. Yeah. You know, and you're like missing the little side path that leads into some other great destination because you just keep passing it. You can't see it. It's like the magic door or something, you know, that you don't see until you actually are ready to see it and align yeah. with seeing it. Right. And, and ultimately, I think what happens is we get to the point where it's, it's almost like the the urgency of it becomes so powerful that we feel like we can't even break through it. Absolutely. Like, like we, we become convinced that it is, it is impenetrable. Yeah. And, and through that sense of, of impenetrableness, we decide, well, okay, I can't really do this. Maybe I can do like a step at a time, but that's about the best I can do. Yes. I'm right now 
you know, coping with the in-between where, I mean, I, I will fully admit this. I get extremely depressed and mm. I'll have 24 hours where I can't, I, I basically just can't handle it. And then mm-hmm. I pick myself up mm-hmm. and I just let it go. I give myself 24 hours is my limit. It used to be more than that. And I just, I don't want to say I force myself. I just understand, shift your perspective, mm-hmm. you know, and just take it easy. What I'll get into in a loop is what you're saying, criticizing. Now I'm upset with myself for being yeah. upset about being in pain. <laughs> and so that's the thing that I have to, that usually snaps me out of as I realize I'm just compounding it and by shifting my perspective it transforms it. It lifts me right up out of that kind of dark zone that I'm in and it allows me to get about life and then things start feeling better. And I don't, I go through periods where it disappears for a minute. And so there's definitely a correlation to um, just what I'm thinking and feeling and, and how much that is showing up. So that's reassuring as well. Do you have some particular method that you favor for making that pivot, for making that shift when you need to make it? Usually it will happen. Uh, you know, I'll, I cry. Oh, okay. I'll cry. It'll finally get to the point where I will lay in bed and cry and I let myself release it. And then I will have a communication with my, my higher self. I will, I will just basically say, please just help, you know, lift me up. I want, I need, so some sort of guidance and it's not even like it comes through in words it's more of an energy uplift and upshift in in my vibration and i will go to sleep and when i wake up i will feel better mm-hmm. so it's that's my process and then i will in the morning first thing go into my meditation room and light some candles and basically have appreciation and start the day with the intention that I'm going to feel good today. Yeah, that's big right there. Just starting the day. How do you set the tone for the day? Because that's yeah. where it, that's why it's easiest for us to make shifts. And Absolutely. That's easiest for to reach that higher vibration, right? Yes. When I moved, I have a, a beautiful meditation room that was at the apartment. And when we moved here, I have an even more beautiful one. However, when we moved from the apartment, it was the first area I packed up because we had so much stuff. Mm. And then I really just now started reusing it again. And I realized I I didn't have that morning ritual that I was doing anymore. And that's probably one reason this started spiraling. It is the reason it started spiraling again, because I would start every morning with the intention today, you know, how do I want to feel physically? What do I want to accomplish? Meaning just, creatively just setting the tone for how this day is going to go and okay. um by not by being disconnected from that for a few months it definitely had an impact and, and having that habitual approach i think is is strong particularly when you're dealing with something chronic because yeah. the chronic pattern is habitual i mean you're trying to replace one habit that you don't like with one that you prefer so exactly having a habitual pattern a daily pattern that you start off every day is strong right it is I've had a lot of success with it too. Now, of course, Louis is way past all this stuff. I mean, this guy's like the, the master on top of all masters, but I'm going to ask him to dig back into his memory and, and relay to us, you know, what, what was your favorite way of, uh, of, of changing these habitual negative thought patterns that just, that, that could lead to things like chronic pain? Cause I know, well, you had lots of health issues that you dealt with over the years. I imagine pain was built in there somewhere along the way. 
something I'd say almost every LOA when somebody asks me something like this on, on all the podcasts, I'd say, understand the law of attraction. Understand mm. Abraham Hicks' teachings because the understanding clarifies exactly contrast is your teacher. Right. You know, when you, you've got a pivot, you keep on talking about pivot, you've got your pivot pal um, Facebook group, etc. And it's so primarily important, understanding the emotional guidance scale, etc. But when I didn't know any of this stuff, what I just did was um, energy work. You know, I would hold the thumb, which is worry. I'd hold the index finger, which is fear. I'd hold um, the index finger, which is fear. Uh, middle finger, which is anger. Um, ring finger, which is grief. And little finger, which is pretense or trying too hard. And that just released so many different aspects to me that my body could start balancing out again. Um, I would use water. I've used water for healing from when I was quite young. Um, to have a bath. I have loads and loads of long hot baths. I always throw in salt in it. I still do it today. Um, salt is primarily important. Water is so healing. Now, recently, the big thing for me is to use the earth. You know, I was on the beach this weekend. Make sure my, my shoes are off. That I'm Yes. My feet linked directly into the wet earth so that you can get up that 4.7 hertz which is so healing to the body which is which um, thins the blood out and you know helps people not have clog, clog, clots and clogged um, arteries etc um you know they, they took people who, who had schizophrenia um and every single one of them was not schizophrenic after they were taught to do gardening every day and look after plants etc um so half a dozen came to work for us. I mean, it was great. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, I missed that one. I said half a dozen of them came to work for us for, for our garden. <laughs> <laughs> you, you obviously know how to balance the mouth. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Go stick your toe in the ground. <laughs> That's one thing I love about this house. We have a beautiful backyard. And so I can go out there and stand in the grass. I didn't have that at the apartment. And yeah. So we have an outdoor space now that I absolutely love to be in. You, you know, the grass is very useful when it's wet and dewy in the morning, etc. But if it's dry, it can also be a bit of an insulator, the grass. So uh, also dry earth can be an insulator. So I'm starting to realize what is good earth to be playing with and what isn't. Um, mm. and you start Our grass is always wet. <laughs> <laughs> there, when it rains, I mean, it's like permanently. Oh, that is so funny. Wow. That That's useful. But, um, um, you know, they say you can heal your eyesight um, by walking in the dew on barefoot on the ground every morning. Um, you know, it's one of the things that the Indians say. And, uh, you know, I'm just really starting to to realize how much the, you know, it's often it's often talked about how much we're separated from nature these days, etc. And yeah. you really start realizing how much and to what degree you are. And even a little bit of time in, in focused, concentrated, clear understanding and awareness um, of, you know, really walking with your bare feet on the sand or even burying yourself when you're at the beach, um, just sitting down. You know, I took my feet and started burying them in the ground and covered them up with the, you know, it's a bit moist when you dig a bit. Um, and, and just really being connected and going down and feeling Mother Earth. And, uh, you know, it's 
There, there are many things I did when I was I was a sick kid. You know, um, the example I don't think uh, Amy's heard this, but I've probably mentioned it once before on the program. Um, when I was young, I had this asthma, and the asthma would manifest in this way. I'd be going. <gasps> yeah, I've never heard this one. Wow. I got a big breath, and then I let it out, and I'd start again. <gasps> And I'd let it out. And of course, when I, in those days, they used to pump you with antibiotics and they didn't give you an inhaler. I don't even know if they had inhalers in my day. Um, and that didn't help me at all. And it's made me um, allergic to penicillin, the tier one, all tier one um, antibiotics I'm allergic to wow. because of this stuff I was given as a kid. So when, when I woke up one morning after going with a... <gasps> Um, and uh, my uh, my sister turned around and, and said to me, who was sleeping in the bed on, on the other side of the room with me, uh, she said, Louie, I'm just so surprised you're not dead this morning. Oh, dear. What? <laughs> and, and that was a wake-up call for me. That kind of said to me, this is actually serious. Mm. Before that, I was just trying to breathe. Now I'm saying, this is serious. Mm. <laughs> the mm -hmm. dynamic from, from where I was coming from. And uh, uh, after that, I started picking up yoga books on breathing, pranayama, which is the breathing yoga. I started studying it. And, you know, eventually I had every book on the library in the little little town I lived in. I'd taken every single book out on the subject. Wow. Um, I had taken out books on... Uh -huh. I knew the mind was the key, so I took out all these um, mind control books. And <laughs> they completely lost the plot, and they did not help me, to be honest. <laughs> and then I started moving into the guru books and the out-of-body experiences and the different religions and their beliefs. And I literally had tons of books from different religions, etc., on my bed, and I, I poured through them. I knew what Islam was from back to front. And I, got through Christianity from back to front from different perspectives and different viewpoints but you know I'd scoured every book on out-of-body experiences um, I'd done self-hypnosis etc and I poured through all these things and I studied them I implemented some of them etc um, so for me it's been a long long journey from the age of eight when I said to mom what is truth love and God really about and she went huh <laughs> so, uh, I find it out myself. It's, it's been a long, 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 long journey through step by step by step to understand all the different dynamics and um, and different other other people's belief structures. And I came across a guy who was fascinated at university because he he said to me, uh, "I said, have you read this book? Have you read this? I don't read any books. I want to understand and learn everything for myself by myself." I was like, "Wow, this guy is amazing." <laughs> And he was so, so wise and, you know, together and all the rest of it. And I was so impressed because I hadn't read anything. <laughs> but I started to debate with him about the things that I'd come across. And he had such different perspectives than anybody else had ever come across. So, yeah, uh, you know, this is the kind of journey I had in my upbringing of looking at everything and anything. And this is young when I started. When you tell that story, I, I know my reaction would have been different from your reaction. Your reaction would have, was how amazing he was. My reaction was, what a masochist he is. I mean, <laughs> it just depends on your viewpoint, I guess. <laughs> it does, it does. Uh, I, and, you know, to me, depending on how he was portraying himself, I would have maybe chosen a different viewpoint. Mm. Because he was so together and so wise, I couldn't have any other viewpoint but that one. 
he was living proof of, of his own philosophy. So I had to admire it to the umpth degree. Absolutely. Um, and he had this, this, this silver streak over here in his, in his hair. And he said, uh, um, this has been in his family for generations and it's been handed right. down and it's like, it's a special, okay. <laughs> so you have read something in the past. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, on top of that, he, he has an appreciation for appreciation. I mean, that, that's really what that amounts to. He was using it as an example of passing down a, a treasured trait from generation to generation. But he could just as easily have gotten all upset about that. Said, oh, God, I have a stupid streak in my hair. And he didn't do that. So he chose instead to appreciate the streak he had in his hair and to turn it into an asset instead of a liability. But looking back, he had a basic fork, uh, a basic fundamental which I think can really help anybody is understanding that contrast is your teacher. Mm -hmm. He really had that down to a T. He realized that if he just played with contrast, he can come up with his own answers. He can come up with his own reality. And I did admire that hugely. And I still today think about him with fond memories. I was looking at a photo of him the other day because we went hiking and camping together um, to a waterfall in South Africa that goes straight into the sea. Ooh. Yeah, so you've got this waterfall that plunges. Wow, beautiful. Down into the sea, and it, um, it was a beautiful um, hiking camp. You know, I did many of those as a kid, and uh, some interesting experiences. Um, one of them I'd, uh, I I've never mentioned before, so I think I'll just bring it up quickly. Is um, and, and this is to do more rod with with awareness. Is we were hiking, camping, just. Um, Angus and I, and we were up at, in the Drakensberg Mountains, and we were coming down on the final day. And I just got this huge thing in my head, get undercover, get undercover. And, you know, there was not much there. There's a little stream, a couple of little bushes, grass, and a fairly steep path down. And I was like, I don't know what to do. So I said to my friend, I don't know why, but I'm going to put up a bivy. So I took my tarpaulin, put it up on the trees, put pegs in it and tied the rope and all the rest of it. I said, what are you doing? What are you doing? And I said, I don't know. I just been, I just got to do it. I got to do it. And he looked at me and um, a couple of minutes later, the hail came down, huge golf stones of hail. And both of uh, both him and I were under the, um, uh, under the top hall and, and this hail was pounding. And one, of, one block came through the top hall and broke oh my. through it, you know, and you know, then another one. And then that was it. It was only the two, but it was really scary because you know sure was, if we were out in this we would be absolutely devastated oh yeah that stuff could kill you sure what what is that what is that that that, that awareness that you pick up that gives you these kind of clues of what to do and uh, it, it's really interesting because it's happened obviously a few times in my life and uh, you, you you just think you know you just there's just a gratitude that pours out of you i don't know to where or who it goes, but it's just like, thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, we got down safely and everything was okay. But uh, really sitting under that tarpaulin was so scary. You've got these incredible mm. hailstones pounding down. Wow. And then yeah. break through and, you know, you've got this whole wall of ice all around you. It's just starting to fill up, you know, the whole thing, the whole landscape is turning to ice. <laughs> it's just weird. Very weird. And then we just continued, you know. <laughs> like nothing happened. Oh, we just had this massive. Off we go. <laughs> the interesting no thing biggie. The I was with never talked about it ever. Ever? Really? Ever. Never. 
It was a non-event. It didn't happen. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what his opinion was. I never actually got around to asking him. It kind of drifted apart. Um, I never spoke to him about it, but I, it was just weird. Well, obviously, in, in modern never talked it, to me about it. In modern description, we'd say that you you connected with your inner guidance and listened to it, which is huge. Yeah. Yeah. So congratulations on listening, by the way. Yeah, and that's <laughs> what I want to encourage people to do is, you know, once once you get a really strong nudge, yeah, it's sometimes it's well worth following it. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've definitely learned that. <laughs> I've been noticing it in terms of when I don't pay attention to it. And, yeah, and it's yeah. never for it's not it's not been for anything major. It's always been for something really small, really minor. But, but you know, you're like I already knew that, and I went against it. <laughs> well, well, the way it normally goes is I I respond to something reactively, and yes. so you know I, I choose I choose to reject something reactively, and then I say, oh, you know what, I should have gone the other way on that, and then of course it plays out the other way. Right. Ah, oh, geez, why did I do that? It's kind of reminding me to be more mindful, to use the modern term of each time that I'm making a decision about something instead of just doing it, you know, what's the quick reaction that I'm going to do? Because the reaction's easy. Let's be perfectly honest. That's why we do it. <laughs> I mean, it's simple, but it's not always the best one. So, um, continuing on with the theme of, um, of basically paying attention to your own pain and not dumping it on somebody else. Um, let, let's see if we can take it one step further to the question that I raised earlier about laying it down, putting it down. Let's talk about some strategies for doing that because it's certainly good to identify it. It's certainly good to kind of bring it out and you know, look it over and, and get a sense for where it came from and so forth. But ultimately, that doesn't really help unless you actually lay it down. If you, right. if you, if you just keep looking at it over and over again, all you're doing is subjecting yourself to more and more pain. Right. It's just going to keep creating more and more of that. Right. So, so the, the challenge, in a sense, is can we go through that process and say, once I'm going through this process, this is the last time I'm going through it. I'm going to put it down. I'm never going to pick it up again. How do we do that? That's a good question. Um, I would say in all of my other things that I have been able to let go of, it started just like this, where I just basically had to move up the emotional guidance system with it mm. and come to peace with it. And how do you, how each person does that is going to, depend on them. For me, I, I'm very ritualistic, meaning I do card readings, I have meditations, I channel. And so I, I have a lot of different um, tools that I use to get different insights in different ways. And then I document them. So that's why I encourage um, our listeners and everyone to have a journal. If you like to type in a computer, that's fine too, but have some way. I like to make vocal recordings so that I can go back and listen to them. And so there's a lot of different tools when I'm having one of those epiphanies and then I'll go back and re-listen or reread it. There's something about the repetition of that that helps me to put it down. Mm -hmm. um, you know what I use for my recording device? What? Podcast. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I know that one. Yeah, that, for me, I love wake up in the middle of the night and yeah, writing things down. I, I definitely go more for the recordings because then I can re-listen to them. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I've been doing that a lot more too. I stopped doing that as well. And it, what's funny is I don't always go back and re-listen to them, but intuitively, sometimes I'll be like, I need to replay this one because I give them titles. 
and it will always be the perfect message that I had this insight and it was life transforming and then I forgot about it or I wasn't applying it enough and it's a re-reminder. So those are some of the tools that I use. Well, there's a nice theme in there of what you're describing, the theme of, well, perhaps nice isn't the right word. There is a consistent theme. Let's put it that way. There's a consistent theme of doing something, it works for you, and then you put it down. Yeah. Rather than continuing with the thing that worked. Yes. It's like there's like a little life lesson in there that says, well, wait a minute, I've been, I keep putting this thing down and it keeps working. Why don't, Why not just continue with it? It'd be right. so much simpler if I just keep going with it. Yeah, Kelly, okay, I have to kind of you know, keep establishing that habit, but hey, it's worth it. It's working. Let's go Absolutely. for it. I've learned, yes, the, that's one reason I do the recordings and the readings is to get a clear perspective on something. Mm-hmm. And then once I really anchor it, some things are easier to let go than others for whatever reason. Um, so when something does resurface for me, instead of getting upset about it, I'll just go back to one of my tools and I'll re-remind myself. I take pictures of the card readings and I remind myself and then it's easier to put it down again. So I don't think there's any way to gauge how quickly it's going to happen. I don't think that's the point. I think contrast is extremely important. And so just being with it and and developing some mechanism, tool, ritual, whatever, to allow yourself to, to learn how to put some of these things down, all of these things down, I don't know, um, is is the best I can reach for. Yeah, well, what we're talking about is the redirect or the pivot. Yeah. And, you know, how consistently are we going to do it? Are we going to yes. always reach for the pivot or are we going to say, oh, geez, I don't feel like doing it today? And thereby setting ourselves up for more of that momentum in the direction that we don't like all that much. I give so. myself really 24 hours on everything. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'll look to do, decrease that. But, like, even I just had um, two rejections on my new novel. Mm-hmm from two agents I was really excited about. So creatively, you know, I'm putting myself out there in a way that I haven't. And I just give myself 24 hours. It's a, it, it hurts. It doesn't feel good when you mm-hmm. say, here is my baby that I've worked on for five years. And they go, right. this is great, but no thanks. And they hand it back to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's okay to let yourself feel these emotions. I think Trying to aim for not, ha- you know, not having any reactions or any emotions is absolutely unrealistic and that you can't experience the emotional spectrum. So I'm more about experiencing it all, but pivoting as quickly as possible so that right. we're not gaining momentum. And so that's why I have the 24 hour rule. I call it wallowing. Having an emotion or a reaction to something is perfectly normal and should be allowed. Yep. Beyond a certain point, you're wallowing, you're knocking yourself over the head, and now you're just making it worse and worse. With each day, it gets harder and harder to put down. Well, plus at some point, we're we're really requiring ourselves to select a new emotion. Yeah. I mean, I mean, because you're absolutely right. There's nothing wrong with emotions, and in fact, when we do try to suppress them, all we're doing is burying them, and we know what kind of result that has. That doesn't help at all. It makes things worse. But by the same token, we can also select different emotions. Yes. That's the real challenge, I think. Yes. In the face of something that that triggers us to have emotion X, which is a negative emotion, to choose Y, which is a positive emotion, or at least a better feeling emotion than X is. That's the real challenge. Can I I consciously choose something that feels better next time? Or this time, actually. Yeah. I think the more 
we are in alignment, the less tolerant we are to not being in alignment. It's like, I can only handle it so far. It's like, okay, you're in pain. Deal with it. You know, you've had your moment. It's not, you're fine. Just get up and go do something, distract yourself. It's enough already. It's just making it worse. And, um, and so I basically just kind of shake it off and get on with things. That's where the Abraham Hicks concept of segment intending, I think is really helpful because essentially what that does is it's kind of a reminder to ourselves to periodically throughout our day, kind of take an internal temperature, see where we're at, see how we're feeling. And then when we notice that we're not quite at the place we want to be, make an adjustment by intending what the next five minutes or 15 minutes or 30 minutes or hour are going to be like and how they're going to play out, particularly in the context of what it is that we're doing at that particular time. Um, and that, that's, a, that's really one of the best things I've ever learned from Abraham Hicks in terms of processes. In fact, yeah. I saw somebody who posted something on one of the groups somewhere. What's your favorite Abraham Hicks process? And I listed that one along with two or three others. And I said at that point, I, I'm not sure I could really pick between them. But you know what? I think that's the one that I have to pick just because I use it so much throughout the day. Yeah. I use it more frequently than anything else. Louis nodding his head up and down like, like he does it all the time, too. I love what segment um, intending change to for the Abram Hicks guys. Like what do you mean? Path paving. Oh yeah, that's right. They, that's they right. found the segment intending wasn't 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 quite gelling as well as they would like to. to so they, uh, well, it's a little bit intellectual, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so they they dumbed it down for us. <laughs> <laughs> but path paving is good. I like that phrase. Yeah, path paving is 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 a really great way of looking at it i like that one a lot um and you know you can see your destination and you start paving the path to it and off you go mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. actually we had a direct uh um example of that recently because the walking path that we're on actually got paved so i i could go out and watch where the path was being paved and remind myself to pave my path it was pretty cool <laughs> yeah <laughs> Okay, so we've got a few concepts in mind about how to shift things around, particularly when we're dealing with the chronic stuff. But still, there, there is that one thing that always happens, though, whether it's with chronic pain or just any kind of chronic thought pattern, it tends to still, it's almost like it has its own magnetism. That's the momentum that's been built up. Mm-hmm. And it just keeps drawing us back, drawing us back, drawing us back. And I, I was asking myself the question earlier today, Knowing perfectly well what the answer could be, but I was asking it anyway. Like, why does it take so? Why is it so hard to do that? Why? Why do we keep getting drawn into this thing we don't want so much? And I know perfectly well what the answer is, but there's that piece of me that just it, it it it's almost like it's unbelievable to me. How could I continue to be drawn into this thing that I don't want now that I know that that's really where I don't want to go? I mean, my answer to that is you still have something to learn from it. Not a bad answer. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to disappear. Answer. It's like the job or, you know, it's not going to transform until you've learned everything you're supposed to from it. So even though it might seem like you're wallowing or you're not setting something down, it's because you're not actually meant to yet. Like me with this, I've learned a lot and it really is giving me deeper insight and appreciation for so many things. So uh, on one hand, yeah, it's not easy, but it is a challenge. And I know when I conquer it, it's going to feel amazing. But I'm not going to conquer it until I've gotten everything I'm supposed to out of it. 
Interesting too, how when we're confronted with challenges of these kinds, what we're really confronting is the energy of them. It isn't yeah. so much the challenges themselves, it's the energy that's behind them. Yeah. And it, I, this is where my words start to fail me. I'm not quite sure how to describe that feeling, but, but you have this, this challenge that has this negative feeling associated with it that you don't like, that you find yourself drawn to, you keep trying to pull away from it, you keep getting drawn back to it. And yes, you're right, as you study it, as you kind of play with it a little bit, you, you learn more from it, you learn more from it, and you learn more from it. But ultimately, at some point, what you're really looking for is to get bored with it. Yeah. So that, that's really what happens at some point. You know, I, I found that with most of the stuff that were the hardest things to manifest that I manifested. Like, I, I just kind of let go of whatever the thing was that was the flip side of it. You know, I, I got tired of it. I was done with it. Throwing gamma rays at it didn't work. It was it was just leaving it alone that made the difference. <laughs> so Walsh, I was uh, on the beach chatting to someone, and they were telling me how they had a long-term problem with their feet. Mm -hmm. um, always hot or painful if if you just stand on them for a while, etc. And um, they were explaining that now this individual understands my philosophy to a degree. Mm -hmm. So. I said, I said to them, you, you've got an issue, but let's talk about big picture. Do you know where every single issue or health problem in your body ever comes from? And I said, no. And they came up with a lot of different, you know, food you eat and, and a whole lot of other ideas. And I said, yeah, but what, how, which food do you choose? What do you use to choose your food? <laughs> you know? And, uh, you know, it goes back to thinking. So I said, what is every single ailment in your body? It's thoughts. Yes. But more accurately, it's thoughts about what you don't want. Right. And more accurately, it's thoughts about what you don't want over time. Yes. Which means an active vibration. That keeps growing. Every single problem you have in your body comes from thoughts about what you don't want. Are you clear about that? And eventually people like you are nodding their heads. They, they get it. <laughs> and <laughs> then you start saying, okay, so you've got active vibration. And every time you think about it, oh, my feet are painful. Oh, I'm standing here and it's really horrible. You're, you're keeping it active. Right. You're taking that vibration and you're feeding it with thoughts, which keeps it going. Mm -hmm. So what do you do? What do you do? How do you um, focus on it not being like it is? So whenever you're not feeling pain, you say, wow, isn't it great? I'm not feeling pain mm. now. It's okay. Wow, what am I doing that I'm not feeling pain? Let me let me do more of that. <laughs> and feel it too. The, the, I find that the feeling part really accelerates the whole process. Okay. So one of the major places I'm having problems right now is in my feet. <laughs> ah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's and, and really great. I was just sitting here listening. What do I do? What do I do? <laughs> <laughs> so basically what you're saying is just take my focus off it completely. The well, thing I would do, because the, I'm into energy, uh, Amy, is I would hold, because it was what is happening is the energy is not getting down to the foot. Okay. When clean energy is coming down from source, going through the foot and coming back. It cleans everything out. 
So I would hold certain points to get the energy to go down my foot and come back up again. Okay. There's, there's holds I can, I can share with you. So I would work from an energetic perspective. I would work from a, a bath perspective again. Okay. I would work from an Abram Hicks mental perspective. Right. I would work with the clarity that this is an active vibration. And the more I focus on my feet being sore, I'm going to amplify it. So it's something I should not spend more than 14 seconds on or try to redirect myself. Because this is a fairly new one for me, the pain being there. And I mean, it's so intense and it's growing by the day. So this, this is good. Okay. Can, Can you touch your toes? Yes. That's easy for you. Yes. Okay. Can, um, can you bend backwards easily? Yeah, I have like this roll. It's, I would say, yes, I can stretch backwards pretty easily. Right. Okay. So I often look at those aspects because if I'm bending forward, I'm being subservient. Okay. I'm, I can be walked over, etc. And if I'm going backwards, I'm, I'm too pushy, etc. So I'm looking from a postural aspect as well as to where I'm at in my balance of it all. Okay. Um, and I always looking as one shoulder higher than the other, as one hip higher than the other. Um, is my one, is my feet walking pigeon or is it in, you know, and I'm looking for any inconsistency that's out of balance in my body. It's like, I know my nose is slightly one side than the other. And my ears like one slightly higher than the other. And I actually know somebody energetically who can fix it, but I haven't been to them yet. Uh, mostly because I live in America. Um, <laughs> uh, so, you know, there's, there's always looking at these aspects because they're all telling you something about what's going on. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's loads of things I'd be doing. Um, if, 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 if I've, even if I've got small issues. So, you know, I would probably have noticed something much earlier than before it actually got to my feet and was painful. Right. I would have picked up on all the other little signals that have come across long before it really starts getting bad. You know what I mean? Right. So, you know, a student once said to a master, Master, it's easy for you. You're a master. You can do everything and all the rest of it. And, you know, the master said, no, the only difference between you and me is we all have problems is I just deal with them when they're small. Right. You're dealing with them before they get. The vibration is not strong and it's rolling downhill from Mm -hmm. Right. Abram puts it with the car, you know. Yes. It's just easier to get out of the way at that point, let it crash. Rather than when it's halfway down the hill. Right. You know, all these things are very clearly ingrained in my life and my belief and my my, uh, body and my, you know. I'm drinking this water now, but it comes on on a jug that's got love and gratitude. And I put my hands around it with my camera and I hold it and I, I put my energy into the water, mm-hmm. you know, um, there's, there's this awareness of all aspects, how I breathe, when I breathe, you know, <clears throat> and I just live it. I, it's not an effort anymore. It's just, right. Like, it's part of your rituals. This is what you do. Like, oh, actually do that. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not efforting, you know, there's no efforting in it anymore. It's just that keen awareness that something's gone a little bit out, you know, I'll tell my wife about the tunnel of things that have gone out and she's like, Oh yes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, it's really interesting because she's a nurse and you know, I'm just talking about these tiny things. (laughs) She's talking with these big things at work. (laughs) Um, 
Oh yeah. So you know, and she's she's come to appreciate and respect what I'm saying. She's understanding. You know, oh, that's fantastic. Um, so she doesn't ignore them anymore. And you know, if I say to her, like I said to her recently, you've changed the dishwasher, the, the clothes washing liquid that you usually use, haven't you? She said, "How do you know?" I said, "Well, I'm having a reaction with my bed sheets at the moment, and I know my clothes are are not happy with them, but." You know, um, some of them are still okay, and I don't know if it's the ones you haven't washed yet. She said, no, no, I'm using a combination of them at the moment. She says, oh, is that why I'm getting all confused? Can we please go back to the original one and then maybe try them individually so that I can work out which ones you can maybe change together. So, you know, there's, there's this awareness that is going on in your body all the time of what you can deal with, what you can't, how, how it all works. Um, uh, it's difficult to explain to people, but it's just the way it is, and it's not difficult anymore. Just the way it is. There's something else that Louis said early on in that nice little segment that he did there um, that I wanted to amplify that I think might help you, Amy, particularly because you're dealing with the issue he brought up in his metaphor, yeah. the idea of, uh, of dealing with feet issues. Um, and I, I'm going to hazard a guess here that you don't feel 100% chronic pain all the time in your feet. I, I suspect there are times when you feel it, other times when you don't. It's gotten pretty bad, but yeah, this is kind of a new development. But I mean, I imagine there are times like when you're sitting or whatever where there's there's no pain. Yes. Right. Well, right that... now there is when I'm sitting, mm-hmm. but um, I also did a lot of work this weekend, like much more physical work than I normally do. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. So I'm okay with it. Like I'm not That's really good. upset about it at all. That's good. So is is it a dull pain, sharp pain, or is it like an electric bug? It's it's kind of like a dull pain. Until it it's just like dull everywhere. Pain, is it dull pain? Huh? Is it always a dull pain, or is there sometimes when it gets sharp? No, sometimes it's, it gets very sharp. Like after I've been asleep all night and I first stand up, it's like they don't want to work. <laughs> Are you on any medication at the moment? No. No, okay. So are there times where there's no pain? Yes, when I'm really relaxed and I don't think I notice it at all when I'm creating, you know, when I'm when I'm in that space, when I meditate, you know, when I'm in a when I'm in a good space and my attention isn't on it, it basically disappears. So what does that when I mean well, before we oh, that my mind is, is creating it. That's true, but I want to go somewhere with it. Okay. Let me finish this here. There, there are those moments where you don't feel the pain. Right. Do you celebrate those moments, saying, "Yeah"? I oh, absolutely. Great. Yes. Because I notice it. Root out. I get excited about it. Um, even recently, I kind of had a, a challenge of I was in a lot of pain but I was really excited about something and it didn't bother me at all. And then it kind of just disappeared mm. uh, completely. So that was like a big leap for me. Instead, mm. of, I just caught it and I was like, no, I'm so excited about this. It's fine. And then it just disappeared basically. So I think I'm getting closer and closer. I'm sure you are. Those are all indicators that you're getting yeah. closer and closer. I, I'm just trying to point out 
that the more that you can take advantage of those pantry yes. moments and I celebrate so them and get excited. when I do have days where yeah. it's kind of non-existent. Or even moments. It doesn't have to be a yeah. whole day. It can just be three. If you got it for three minutes, yay, I got three yeah. minutes of pain free. <laughs> oh my God, that feels so much relief. Oh yes. You know, that's what's going to carry it through. That's going to overcome all that negative, uh, negative spin downward spiral momentum that's built up over time. Yeah. The one feels- thing we do know. Well, the one thing we do know is that the power, the positive stuff, the stuff that we like is so much more powerful than the negative stuff. So it's not like we have to have a lot of it. 100%. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. Take advantage of it. That, and that, that's true for anything. Chronic pain is obviously one of the more difficult ones to overcome, but it's true for anything we're trying to overcome. Any negative spiral of any kind, find the celebration moments and then celebrate the heck out of them. Absolutely. So I have a, the warrior challenge, um, to tie this up for the day. Alrighty. For our listeners, um, for one week at the end of each day, write your complaints down as opposed to vocalizing them. And then okay. the following morning, look them over, cross out the petty ones. And for the ones that are of importance, write a perspective or action you can take to transform your grievance into a gift. And if you really want to share this with people in your life that you trust, you're now doing it from a space in alignment. And so now it isn't you're complaining, you're talking like we are. We're talking about this. I'm, I'm not complaining about it. I'm, t- I'm talking to you about it from a place of alignment and have gotten some really wonderful um, information. And this is me just being really authentic. And I want our viewers, listeners to understand that even though I'm up here talking about these insights, I am still learning them mastering them it's not like it's just something i've completely overcome i myself still find um value and these insights some of them that i wrote years and years ago that's good too and and the the other thing that i I would add on is sort of a tag to what you just said is when you're in that aligned place what you're also doing is releasing them you're releasing them to the wild and letting them go and when you get to the point where you can totally release it then it goes away forever Right. And, and then you wonderful. open up to getting fresh perspectives like I did today. And then that takes you to the next level because you're in alignment. You're not complaining. You're receiving information and energy back that can take things to the next level. So thank and you the, for yeah. all of that. <laughs> you're welcome. And then, of course, that's one of the uh, six concepts that are at the top of the uh, Abraham Hicks emotional guidance scale. Knowledge is one of the six things at the top uh, top of the peak. So you're absolutely right. That knowledge is so important. So thank you once again for the warrior rule number six and for yes. all these warrior rules you're sharing with us. What's, what's the, uh, uh, warrior number rule seven. number seven? What's, what's the one that's going to be coming up that we'll be talking about next Monday? Let's, uh, get to it. Okay. Warrior rule number seven. The less time you waste on comparing yourself to others, the faster you'll get to the places you are wanting to go. Good rule. That's going to be a good conversation. Absolutely. So have a great week, guys. And Louis is going to just hang out by his pool there all day. <laughs> you enjoy that, Louis. Oh, I enjoy my infinity pool. There you go. Thank you very much to all of our podcast listeners everywhere. We'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you, everyone.